Welcome to the Unpacking Sunday podcast, where we take a deeper look at what God is speaking to you, to our church, and to the world around us. So grab a coffee, sit back, and let's unpack it together. All right. I thought we were going to do it together this week. No, we're not. Okay, all right. But I was really ready. (laughs) Welcome back. We're glad to have you on, uh, on Unpacking Sunday with us. Pastor Mike is here, Josh is here, and of course, our friend Luke is back. Hey everybody! Oh yeah, he said hey everyone. If you Can they hear that yeah. in here? They can. Oh wow. Okay. Hey Luke. So good. Yeah. Well, we're glad our to have you infamous back. infamous producer. Would we call him the producer? I think we would definitely call him infamous. <laughs> there's, de- there's like a whole musical about him. The producers. Yeah. Featuring Will Ferrell. And Luke Nielsen. And Matthew Broderick? I that would say. be quite the trio. Yeah, would. <laughs> We could get the three of them together for the Christmas service. That yeah, would be that would be, be special. awesome. Speaking of Christmas, we're finally in our Christmas series. We had our soft launch on Sunday. That's what David Rose would call it—a yeah, soft true. launch. Would you say that he is your favorite, um, like, television character? No, no, no. Oh, Not, no. I wouldn't say favorite at all. Oh, who's your favorite? My favorite ever television character. Yeah, sure. Uh, TVs and movie. Cersei Targaryen. Whoa. Or no, she's not a Targaryen. Lannister. Cersei Lannister. Right. Okay. She's so fascinating. And I think has... She's dynamic. Some of the best character development. Okay. I like that. I yeah. like Peter Dinklage in anything he does. So yeah, he's, he's probably so my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, that's how I got there from Will Ferrell to Peter Dinklage to the famous Christmas movie Elf. We're back to Christmas. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. That's my together. wife's favorite Christmas movie. Oh, is it? And what is your favorite? I think we have the favorite, same favorite Christmas movie. I okay. I have ta- I have three. Oh, okay, so maybe not. I have three favorite Christmas movies. I do have an order because I don't believe in three favorites. I'm not like you can't it doesn't have three happen. best friends or three favorite colors. That's that, not a thing. You sound like that's like something I would say. You can't have three of the best because no, then it's true, by nature best. it's not the best. The best means there's one. Exactly. Yeah, and I feel like every guy believes this, but every girl is like, no, I have three best friends, but secretly that do you though no you it's impossible they're they are just like your three good three close ones. friends yeah, for they're sure 100 like, percent. yeah but one good. is always one is silver it, and the other is gold yeah you can't have three things that do, are the best do you remember that song Luke? the definition <laughs> make new friends and keep the old some are silver and the others gold. oh i don't know that song. so what is your favorite christmas movie no you were gonna tell us your oh, three, i was gonna tell you th- my, my three, three favorite okay start at number three two one okay number yeah. one oh three number three yeah jingle all the way okay yeah which is just yeah. uh it's just nostalgia and in, wrapped inside of a christmas movie yeah. uh number two yeah christmas with the cranks oh because i i okay. feel like it's very funny it reminds me of we watched it maybe two nights ago sydney and i and we, were, mm-hmm. we just laughed because we're kind of like we are those characters mm-hmm. they we, we we see ourselves in luther and in whatever the wife's name sure yeah <laughs> we see it and then number one just because it it is just like the most beautiful movie that's probably ever made is you're it's gonna a say it's a life. wonderful life. yeah we watch it probably like six <laughs> times a christmas season it's got to be the black and white it's got to be my boy jimmy stewart oh, wow the sun the moon and all my stars it's just beautiful mike okay those are your top three those are my top three wow honorable mention honorable mention would be elf though okay. that's number four. honorable men yeah that's fair that's fair good choices yeah uh, my favorite christmas movie is in your top three yeah i know what it is yeah 
it's jingle all the way featuring your favorite actor arnold schwarzenegger yeah and my favorite toy turbo man <laughs> what's the gr- the big pink like furry yeah. villain oh oh i can't remember yeah. but i cry every time i watch that movie at which part when sinbad likes no hits when the he, sign? like <laughs> when he's when the little boy says like i don't need a turbo man when turbo man's my dad oh man and you, i just cry every single time mike do you feel like turbo man to your two sons and your daughter you will have to ask them okay yeah. i will i'll ask i'm gonna get them a but turbo we do man watch that movie every year it's and a elf a few times a year my brother and sister and i used to do a sleepover every christmas eve for like i don't know 15 years mm-hmm. and that was our christmas eve movie was jingle all the jingle way all the, it's so good yeah, it's so good you're the only person that i know that appreciates it as much as i do that movie receives far too much hate yeah it's so good yeah yeah you gotta christmas 80s christmas like it's, it's gonna be a little kitschy and That's you okay. know what i love about jingle all the way actually is like in despite these impossible circumstances right yeah yeah we see even in jingle all the way that all things are possible all things are possible yeah and that's what we talked about this week it is when we talked about the story of mary remember when the reindeer remember when the reindeer crashes through the house (laughs) in jingle all the way yeah okay anyway i just thought of that and then the whole house catches fire it's so good actually do you remember the okay no we can't but the whole the whole transition with like when the pouncy balls go falling yeah. all over the mall it's, it's crazy like, it's just ridiculous. i love that movie yeah it's okay so good. but it reminds us that all things are possible just like we were talking about this week and so back to the virgin birth <laughs> We, we talked about this story of Mary, uh, a young woman who was a, a woman of faith. A it's just three verses. Faith. You should read it for us. It's three, but you, you went on a little bit from there. We went here and there, yeah. you know. Uh, okay. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is found in the book of Luke, by the way, chapter one, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Hmm. Those are the three verses. And then we went on from there. Yes, right. Okay, what stood out to you on Sunday? I've heard a few different things from a few different people, but for you, what did you take away? Yeah, um, for me specifically, I took away two key things, I would say. One is um, the willingness to let God really be in the driver's seat, it, which is something that we all struggle with. Um, but Mary is a great example of what can happen when we walk in obedience and in faith, and we don't try to um, force things through our own will, but we allow God to to move in those things and do something greater than we could ever imagine. I mean, she never imagined that she would be pregnant at that moment, let alone uh, pregnant with the the coming Messiah, right? So that is completely a work of the Holy Spirit, and and the Virgin Birth even like is so beautiful because it doesn't. Le- it's like maybe one of the hardest things for people who are you know wrestling with whether they're going to become a Christian or not. I would say it's the Resurrection and the Virgin Birth, two things that are so difficult for um, for people to to kind of accept and come to terms with. But both of those elements um, are so are so beautiful because of how outside of what we can imagine 
um, possible they are. They are things that could only be done by God. There is no room for those to um, happen by any other means mm. that we can like rationalize away. So, um, though it's one of the maybe the harder miracles for some people to accept, I think it's one of the most beautiful because it's only God who could do this thing. Right. And so Mary has 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 um, to completely trust in Him. Right. Um, that's one thing that stood out for me. The other thing is just be, like trusting God in mm. the place that He has placed you in that moment. Right. I think that is like a lesson that not only we can all learn from from Mary and her faithfulness and in her trust to God and in her obedience. Like, yeah, she's afraid. You know, yeah, she's confused and doesn't understand what's going on. But besides all that, she trusts God where God has placed mm-hmm. her. And um, and so those are what stuck out for me. I think that another example of like Mary's faithfulness and like how familiar she must have been with like with the things of God is exemplified in how the angel speaks to her when he first arrives. Mm. He just says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That's how he speaks to her. I think in, at least off the top of my head, in every other situation where an angel appears to somebody in scripture, they start with, don't freak out. Yeah, they're afraid. But Mary didn't freak out. Yeah. She was troubled by how she was greeted by the angel. Mm. Like she said, what kind of greeting is that? That you would talk to me like that? But the angel doesn't have to say to Mary, don't be afraid. Until and verse 30. So it's just, it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. The opening statement is not. Her weird. first response, yeah. her first response to seeing an angel wasn't to freak out. That's true. Yeah. And so, but I think it just talks to us about um, like how familiar she must have been. Like there was something about what was happening that didn't cause her to freak out the way that other people did. Yeah, it's true. It's interesting. I think it's something about this region, like something about this town, something about the way these people um, are raised and choose to live their lives out and are committed to like these community values of of being involved in one another's lives. It's, it's like almost a precursor to the church. You went deep into how, you know, Elizabeth was, was pregnant and everybody at that time in that culture would have been, you know, celebrating and helping and especially the women would have been visiting and seeing how they can provide and support. And, and so there's this kind of, in, in this atmosphere of, of this, this, speci- this specific town, Nazareth, that, you know, is not highly acclaimed, there's a lot of beautiful things being produced here. There's no flash Right there's no um, there's no need to kind of like put the makeup on, you know. And nobody thinks like too highly of themselves. There's a lot of humility taking mm. place within this group of people, and within that setting is where God comes and does all of these amazing works. The first one that we've looked at here being this virgin birth, because she would not, she probably doesn't see herself like this. I mean, like when I think of how how people struggle with their own self image, they either view themselves too too highly. And it leads into like arrogance, um, or they view themselves too lowly, and it's like, oh, how could God ever use somebody like me? Like I'm not worthy of being used by God. But the first thing that this messenger of God, this angel, says to her is, "You are highly favored. Wow, and you are, and the Lord is with you. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not alone, and you have value." He he immediately tells her how how God sees her so, and reminds her of where her confidence can come from. So these are like awesome promises from God, yeah, about how He sees you and that He'll be with you. And I think so often, even though we have these promises from God, we still struggle to move forward in faith. And so I love one of actually this is one of the life group questions that they'll discuss this week. And one of the questions is, what do you do when your experience doesn't line up with God's promises in Scripture? Mm. 
How do you avoid discounting his promises so that it fits your experience? Yeah, this that's is, tough. This so, is Josh, what would you do? How have you walked that out? This is one of the trickiest like uh, areas of of discerning, right? I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before, so I'll try to think of a different example. Um, but I think sometimes when we kind of apply what we think our expectations of our life are going to look like, you know, God's given me this gifting and he's given me uh, this opportunity and he's surrounded me by these people. So I should be the one who, you know, is stepping into this big thing Hmm. Um, or everything is like aligned for me to be able to walk in and, and take hold of this new, you know, opportunity job, whatever it may be. Right. Um, But oftentimes we like will apply our own vision of what our life should look like onto God rather than letting God kind of establish what our our life is going to look like for us. Hmm. And so this is what Mary does so well is she, I mean, her, (laughs) her idea of what her life was going to look like, I'm sure was never this, you know, she was never uh, planning to, to have a virgin birth. She was never, because imagine all the circumstance around her, like, uh, she's betrothed to this guy, and now everybody thinks that she ha- has committed adultery, right? That she's been unfaithful. Um, there's got to be a lot of like cultural shame around that. So she never would have walked out this way. She never planned it to happen like this, but she was faithful to what God had planned for her. And so she, instead of like going ahead of God and then trying to like stamp it with God's approval, she waited until God did something, and then she followed closely behind. Hmm. So, I think often when we find ourselves in that situation where, you know, we we see this reality, things aren't working out the way that we think they should or the way that, that, that God told us they would at some point, I think, A, we need to reflect on what did God actually say. Like, it's kind of similar to the, um, I heard somebody say in beginnings the other day, they're like, oh, you know, when, when Adam and Eve, you know, took the apple, God said they would die, but they didn't die. But it's like, so in, in one sense, right, because they, they hadn't connected the dots yet that being exiled and being separated from God is the same as a physical death, according to like Hebrew, like with, you know, Sheol and, and the grave and everything. So things can have multiple meanings. So maybe is that promise that God told you, did you interpret that promise correctly? Maybe there's another way that that promise can be interpreted. Maybe that was that was for the future, but that's not for now. Um, so I first like to reflect on what is the word that God actually told me, um, and then I bring people into it that you trust. It doesn't need to be everybody, but bring in a trusted pastor, bring in your spouse, bring in you know your your close friend who you know is walking faithfully, and and pray into that together. If if you're confused on what your call is, or you're confused on why things aren't lining up, bring that to God. You don't need to have everything figured out. You can walk in confusion as long as you're following where he leads you. So it's not easy, though. I, I made mm. it sound probably pretty easy with just doing, doing those two steps. Well, and I think that like it's fine to recognize like what life looks like for you right now and then also to cling to the promises that are given to us in Scripture. Like I think of times in my life where it's like, oh, this seems confusing or it seems lonely or it appears like God is nowhere to be seen in this situation. Mm. And it's fine to say, God, this is what it looks like to me right now. Yeah. But then to come back to, but you said you're with me or you said that you are working things together for my good. Yeah. So God, show me where are you in mm-hmm. this situation? Show me how in the midst of this being 
painful and uncomfortable how are you at work because that's just authentic that's just real you and you can be real and just because it looks one way doesn't mean that that's how it is yeah it's true right because everything that god has ever said to you is true our in view scripture. our view is very limited i remember i actually have a little shout out for davide mm-hmm. um this is like an image that has always stuck with me so uh, let's pretend that you're like a dog right and your master has a leash and he yanks on the leash and and you don't realize why he's yanked on the leash. You're like, oh, that, that kind of hurt my neck. That stopped me from running. You, you don't realize, right, the reason why. And you, you don't even know why you'd be in trouble. Like, why would, why would the master stop this? Why would the master prohibit me from continuing? Um, so from your perspective, you're confused. You don't understand why. But you can't see that, you know, there's a shard of glass or something, one step ahead that you're about to step on, right? You don't have that full perspective, but the master does. So there's this element in, in trusting when he says no or when he slows things down. That doesn't mean it's a no forever. That doesn't mean that, you know, this promise that he gave you now no longer counts. Uh, God is faithful to his word. He's so faithful that in Hebrews it says he has to go into covenant with himself because he's the only one that won't lie. So we know that the promise that God makes he's going to keep. Even in this story, like when God is faithful to Mary, even in this story, he can tell, you know, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And so the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. That's what she needed. That was God's faithfulness in that moment to help get her through. She was real, you know, with this messenger of God. And and so God was, was real with her. He always will be. So it's not always a no. It's just maybe not right now. Yeah. So the Apostle Paul speaks of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So he's talking about, well, this is the love chapter. Everybody knows it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Mm. Those kind of things. Love never fails. And then he's talking about like, when I was a child, I talked like a child. So then he's talking about what it looks like to grow up in faith, right? I reason like a child, but now that I'm a man, I've put those childish ways behind me. But then he mentions this exact thing that we're talking about. He says, for now, like in this moment, we see only a reflection as in a mirror And then, Mm -hmm. like in the future, when all things are fulfilled, we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then in the future, when we are complete in Christ, then I shall know fully, Mm -hmm. even as I am fully known. And so it's just a reminder that actually this is a progression, right? And so that we, again, it always comes back to this, like we are called to walk in obedience and to work this out every day even though we don't know it all yet. And what does that sound like? What is the one word that we use to encapsulate that idea? It's faith, right? Like, you know that one day there's this promise that you're assured of, that you have confidence in, that's going to happen. You recognize that you don't look like it now, but you walk in obedience, trusting what, you know, God has said over your life. Hmm. It's it's just the beauty of faith, and it's what leads, it's like that, I think it's an alpha, it's like credo, I'm going to butcher this Latin. Ready for this? <laughs> it's like credo unt intelligem, I think. Yeah, but it's like that's faith pretty good. Leads. I don't think it's unt. It's not unt it's for, But you got the rest. Yeah, that was a little German. You got the rest, yeah. So, like, faith leads to understanding, right? It's this idea that when we walk in trust in what God has spoken over our lives, then we will see it the way that, that he sees it. Um, it's a future-based promise, but it's it's true nonetheless. So that was First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse twelve. If people are wanting mm. to read it mm-hmm. on their own, this is a good question from life groups too, and I think it okay. it comes in, and I'll send this your way. It comes in like kind of on these tailcoats. So when you feel like you have an ability, 
and you aren't being called on to use that ability, what do you do? How do you respond to that when you feel like you're either being sidelined or you're seeing kind of other people who who maybe you think, hey, like God's given me this ability that is even potentially more beneficial or more useful than this other person, but he's not using me. How do you respond? How do you handle yourself? That's a great question. I don't know, like off the top of my head, I can't run into a time where I'm like, oh, that should be me. But I have run into lots of times where I think it shouldn't be that person. <laughs> but it definitely yeah. shouldn't be that. Yeah, I've never, like, yeah, I won't say never, but I can't think of a time where I'm like, I would be better at that than that person. But there's lots of times where I'm like, oh, I don't know if that person's qualified or the best person for the job or. I've definitely thought this though, like I wouldn't do it that way. Have you thought that? Yeah. 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 Even lot. that is even yeah. that is like getting there, you know? Sure. Sure. And it is difficult, especially like if you you feel sidelined, mm. right? Like, God, why are you choosing somebody else but not choosing me? Right. Right? I think that there's this um this air of pride that mm-hmm. we have, like that God should be using me when I want to. Yeah. Because it's also funny because sometimes we also think like when God calls on us and we're like, but I don't really want to do that right now, God. Right. And (laughs) we think that we get to decide when God calls on us and when he leaves us alone, but that's not true. He gives gifts and he calls when he decides. According to his timing. Right. right. And so actually this kid, and I, so I think it comes back to comparison. Mm -hmm. Like we look so much more at other people than we do at Jesus and how we are reflecting him. And if our eyes were just like set upon him and not like, what he's doing in everybody else all the time this came up i spoke at young adults last week and we never got to this question but somebody submitted this question where does the spirit of comparison come from Mm, and what do we do with it yeah and so my wife sam and i were kind of talking about it of course the first thing that comes up is pride people are like well it must be pride and i think that's a fine answer i just wondered and sam thought i was crazy because it's the only word i wrote down as my answer to prompt me i was like i think it's just amnesia Mm. that's why we compare because we forget who we are in christ and we forget what he's doing in our life and we forget very quickly like he literally could have told you yesterday yeah and then you see somebody else doing what you wish you could do and you forget oh god has a plan for you that's different than them yeah it's true and the first like i guess the first instance of this sin of comparison that we see is like as early as the Cain and Abel story yeah. too. And it's right. dependent on like the favor that was, that came back. It was, right. it was jealousy. It was envy wrapped into that. And it was, it ultimately led to murder. It led to yeah. death. Right. And I think like in the same way that we see so often in the old Testament that things will literally happen, mm-hmm. they will happen spiritually in the new Testament. Right. So this, this comparison idea, it led to physical blood being spilt onto the ground as we read in the Cain and Abel story in the old Testament. But now, in, in our lives, kind of on this side of the cross, we often see it leads to, like, death of relationships, specifically death of your relationship with Christ. Uh, like it's going to do way more damage to you than it's ever going to do to that other person. 100%, yeah. Because you're going to be resentful to God, you're going to be upset about what he's doing in your life, all of these kind of things, and now you're snapping at me. I just snapped at, me, at so you. Yeah. I think that means it's a good <laughs> answer, but... Well, because what happens? Because you see somebody else who's getting favor when you think that you deserve it. So you're like, okay, maybe I'll just buckle down and and work even harder. And then you feel that your works aren't being appreciated because they're based on your strength and not something God asked you to do. So 
they're not. Mm-hmm. And then you get more resentful, so you mm-hmm. work even harder. And all these works pushing you further and further away from God as you're finding your value in your works and not in the in the saving grace of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so you find yourself cold and alone and far from God and frustrated that nobody's appreciating you. That's where it leads to. That's the only end point of comparison. Right. And this is why I think that it we could combat comparison if we can remember who we are in Christ. And it comes back to the first question that we talked about too, is like, how do you try to fit the promises of God into your experience? That's Mm. what we're doing when we're comparing is we're like, Oh, what God said maybe is not true for me. Yeah. Right. When God said like, he has a plan for my life, it might not be true or it's not going to, or when he says it's a good plan, oh, I don't know if that's true because mm. look at this other person and they're getting what they want faster than me. Yeah. Or like they're like, elevated to a higher position yeah, than right. me. Right? And if I would just remember and cling to the promises of God that like he has a great and perfect plan yeah. for me as I'm made into the image of Christ. And yeah. really, it, like honestly, if God did nothing with my life other than make me look more like Jesus, mm-hmm. that's so good. If yeah. I never got another platform, if I never got to, you know, minister another day that yeah. people ever recognize me or notice me, but I looked more like Jesus, that's worthwhile. Yeah. And that's my ultimate good. That's true. Because I think then your experience will start to fit into the promise rather yeah. than vice versa. Like, think of Abraham, right? Like, he had this promise that he'd be the father of a nation. It took t- it took forever. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on here? But God was faithful to Abraham. And in that timing, God's word did come to pass and he became the father of a nation. So I think, um, I think that perspective of knowing the call of God in your life and knowing that value, it's, the, it, I think you're right. It erases all of this need to compare. Mm-hmm. And I think it also like a secondary benefit, like beneficial effect of it is it helps you to notice the, the promises of God, God that God are actually yeah. flowing um, that right. you didn't recognize before when you were so focused on what he's not doing. Right. Um, which helps to, you know, soften your heart and build up an appreciation for, for what, for what he's doing in this moment. So in light of what we're talking about this Christmas mm-hmm. and this sermon was really meant to poise us for that s- series. Yeah. I, it's my hope and my prayer, even as we wrap up the podcast today, that people who are listening would recognize that like, n- no matter what's happening in our life, no matter where we find ourselves mm-hmm. or how difficult it looks, or if we're happy with where God has placed us or not, yeah. that we can be faithful to God with what he's given us now. And even for us in those situations, even for us including also people who are very happy with what God's doing Mm -hmm. and they're on cloud nine with all of that. For all of us, all things are possible in Christ. Mm -hmm. God can use a faithful and obedient person. Mm. That's what he can do. And so that's the reminder maybe that we can leave with people as we sign off from the podcast today. Yeah, that's great. And we're excited to see how God is going to use you as you trust him where he's placed you. So God bless you guys and we'll, we'll see you soon. Unpacking Sunday is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship Church. If you're interested in more information, please check out our website at www.crcfchurch.com.